Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. May not see that Man. ever again from I'm Debo cool. Samuel on the San Francisco 49ers. Things have escalated quickly between Debo and the 49ers. We spent some time yesterday trying to read the tea leaves as to where this thing was heading. Well, no further tea leaf reading necessary. Debo Samuel went public with his trade request. Obviously, that's going to dominate the next two hours here on PFT Live. He's Chris Sims. I'm Mike Florio, a.k.a. he's Dick Hammer. I'm Turd Ferguson. Let's go. <laughs> What's up, Good morning. Man? How you doing? Good morning. Good. Yeah. We had some fun before the show. You said you had a Thursday fog, given that yesterday was 420. I bet you did. <laughs> I know. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, it probably is part of the reason I'm a little more tired today. <laughs> In fact, like, there was a time last night when I got done with dinner and my wife looked at me and she's like, I'm just shocked. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, I'm just shocked you're not smoking more and just in more of a cloud of a haze and stuff. It's 420. And I was like, yeah, I know. I don't know. I got work tomorrow, whatever. But, you know, I got my fun in. I didn't go crazy. That's that's for sure. No, that'll be tonight. (laughs) That'll be tonight. I'll get it in tonight for sure. (laughs) Have that initial 15 minutes of brainstorm genius. You need to have a tape recorder or a notebook to get it all down before your brain goes (laughs) to mush and stays there until (laughs) next week. All right. Hello to everybody who's enjoying the program or not enjoying the program, as the case may be on Peacock, listening on Sirius XM 85, Sky Sports. I guess we're on one of the various platforms at some time between now and tomorrow night on Sky because we are in prime time in the U.K., 
more often than not. And anyone who's listening via podcast, the one platform that is always available, no matter whether you catch us on Peacock or Sky or wherever. So good morning to everyone out there. We're one week away from the draft and maybe one week away or sooner from learning the fate of Debo Samuel in San Francisco. Chris, what was your initial reaction? Let's go back to yesterday when Samuel goes on the record with Jeff Darlington of ESPN and says he has asked for a trade from the 49ers. What was your first thought? I, I mean, I, I was shocked. I really was. I was. It was in a little bit of a, like a disbelief situation. One, you know, it, it's it's a receiver on a team that's been successful and they love him. And they, you know, orchestrated the whole offense around him and the skill set and let him be a leader. And he's, you know, can say things to Shanahan and he's leading the team out of the locker room with the boom box and all of that. So from all that aspect and also, you know, knowing Kyle Shanahan, how much he loves Debo Samuel. So I really thought, you know, again, the what we were talking about yesterday and, and all the news that broke, you know, the last few days, that kind of just, okay, they're there's a little issue with the contract and maybe something else. They'll figure it out. But there has to be more here for this. And to just draw a line in the, the concrete like that with Debo Samuel, yeah, I was shocked by that yesterday. I really was. The old line in the concrete. You yeah, know it. It, 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 all de- it all depends upon how long the concrete has been there. If it's freshly <laughs> poured, you can draw a line. Right. If it, it has completely solidified, good luck drawing a line in the concrete unless you have a chisel or a jackhammer. My first thought was, how in the hell did it get to this yeah. point? How did the 49ers let it get to this point? Because no matter what the reason, and we'll spend some time trying to figure out what the reason or reasons may be, It's a failure of the 49ers to properly read the situation. This just doesn't happen. Debo Samuel doesn't roll out of bed on April 20 and say, number one, happy 420. Number two, I want to be traded by my team. That is something that is the culmination of days, weeks, months of frustration or reflection or communication or lack thereof between the team and the player. When we talked to him at the Super Bowl, there was no hint, no whisper, no edge, no feeling, no, like after he leaves, we're looking at each other saying, boy, that seemed weird. Like we've had interviews with other players where there's a relationship with the team or a relationship with another player on the team where either during the interview or in the things that are said after the interview ends, the off the record stuff that we can't really use. Yeah, right. We have fodder for wow. Yeah, he doesn't really Keep like them, or yeah, he doesn't keep, really. Right. He doesn't really. He doesn't really like that guy, or that guy doesn't want to be with that team. Nothing. Nothing. With Debo Samuel, he tried to call Kyle right when we were there on the on the set, right to to go like you're friends with this guy as in me, and like he, he's an idiot. So yes, maybe that's when it started. <laughs> Kyle just taking the go. call. Maybe he would have pissed <laughs> off Debo Samuel. <laughs> it, it it you're I mean you're right. That's where it's odd. I mean you, you know you you didn't see this coming. It's the opposite of seeing this coming. It's like I just think man, there's were two peas in a pod. Just the way the year ended, all the things that Shanahan said about him. And then, yeah, you couple on or add on the fact of what we saw there at the Super Bowl, how excited Debo got to t- when he got to talk about the offense and Kyle and how cool he is and all of that. So that's what adds to the shock factor, too, with me, too, is, again, Kyle, for the most part, you, you, you go around, players love Kyle. 
Uh, he's done a, jo- a good job of being able to be, you know, c- communicate open, openly. He's honest. And he's made some tough decisions, and we haven't seen too many people who have been at the behest of those tough decisions be mad at Kyle because he is honest that way. So that's where it's crazy, Mike, and that's where it's hard to get a feel for exactly what's going on in the situation because I did some digging yesterday, and you know, there's, there's not much to figure out right now. It seems to be a very delic- delicate situation. And Debo Samuel at one point last night, late afternoon, tweeted and then deleted within an hour it wasn't one of the quick oh crap i shouldn't have tweeted this i'm gonna delete it things it was up for a good 45 50 minutes before it was gone said debo on twitter reporter's job is to make stories only people who know the truth about the situation is the 49ers tory dandy that is debo samuel's primary agent and debo samuel that's fine that's fair okay but He demanded a trade or asked for a trade. I don't know what the right verb is. He didn't demand it. He's requested a trade. So there's something there. What happened was after the trade request went public, people were trying to fill in the blanks as to why this happened. And he shouldn't be upset about that or surprised by it. Look, when you tell a reporter you want to be traded, every other reporter is going to try to supply the why. That's what we do. That's what the fans want to know. It's natural curiosity. He instantly made himself the biggest story in the NFL by going on record requesting a trade. Contrast that with Tyreek Hill. We had no idea the Chiefs were shopping Tyreek Hill. We had no idea there was an issue. Drew Rosenhaus communicated with every team. Ultimately negotiates with 12. It's down to two. We find out about it just minutes before it's a done deal. And now here... Debo Samuel goes public with his request. I mean, implicit in that, from my perspective, is that he's gone to the team with that request and they've said no. So he's trying a different path. So there's clearly something going on here that has pushed this into a public airing of dirty laundry. And yes, people are going to try to get to the bottom of it. So I'd love to know why he deleted the tweet. My guess is somebody suggested he do it. Maybe his agent. Maybe the thinking is we have no chance to get what we want from the 49ers if we do this public display of dissatisfaction and make them look bad. Like they don't want to be made to look bad in all of this. And the harder you try to make them look bad, the harder they're going to dig in and say, play for us or play for no one. We just assume... The teams are going to give in to these requests now. Let's not assume that. Matt Maioko pointed out earlier today on Twitter, he covers the 49ers for NBC Sports Bay Area, that Robbie Gold has to be traded and they didn't yeah, do it. Raheem Mostert has to be traded and they right. didn't do it. There's right. no reason right now to think they're going to do this. No, Shanahan's not going to give up. He's not. He's got too good of people skills. That's where he's good. He eventually got to Robbie Gold and found the spot that they needed to get to. Same with Raheem Mostert. Mostert kind of, I'm out of here. I'm going somewhere else. And somehow, some way, Shanahan soothes things over. And there they are. There he was back on the team not long after that. I'm sure that's kind of what he's hoping for right now. Mike, the only thing I could glean, 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 what is it? Glean or gleam? What glean. Is it? Glean. glean. Only thing I could glean from reaching out to people is two things. One thing. That was made apparent from multiple people was that Debo not wanting to live in California is definitely part of the issue. That's definitely one of the things that's on the the radar screen for not wanting to be there. 
Now, why, I don't know. Is it because of the backlash, the hate stuff we've seen, some of the racist stuff on social media? I don't know. I don't know. Other thing I can tell you is that anybody else I reached out that had tentacles to the 49ers organization or I thought might know or maybe involved, they, they didn't even want to get into it. Like, it was too delicate. They weren't even going to give me a, a, an inkling of what was going on. And the word delicate was used there. So there's got to be something more to the story than we know as of right now. Of course there is. I know that. But I, it is. It's hard to figure out what all of a sudden flipped the switch with Debo Samuel and where this went. And what you bring up is going to be interesting because Kyle's stubborn. And Kyle, I would think, knows, and we all know how important Debo Samuel is to that football team. He's not just going to sell them, you know, for, for nothing. That's for sure. I, I would think it would be an extremely, extremely steep price tag. Fascinating wrinkle about not wanting to live in yeah, California right. because my first thought when you said that was Aaron Donald. The talk of him retiring. Now, at a certain level, the thinking is going to be it's about leveraging a new deal. But right after the Super Bowl, and remember Rodney Harrison said during our pregame show that Aaron Donald quite possibly would retire if they win the Super Bowl because he would have achieved everything. He's a walk-in Hall of Famer, not just to the Hall of Fame, but to the special room where the no-brainer Hall of Famers exist. But I did some digging then, and I got the very strong sense that this guy from Pittsburgh, who's always in Pittsburgh when it's not football season, anytime we see videos of him with his various feats of agility and strength are right. from the Pitt slash Steelers workout facility it's a long way away in LA and as I've said before it's two different worlds I went on plane from Pittsburgh to LA nine days later LA to Pittsburgh and it may as well have been rocket ship to and from a different planet that's how different the two cities are so you got Debo Samuel from South Carolina yeah, that's right right who got who got who got who got drafted yeah, to play sure. for a team that he may not have chosen if he had had the choice as to where he wants to live and work and be, not to mention the 13% state income tax that he's paying, no matter what, on top of whatever he pays the federal government, 37%, something like that. So, yeah, you could get to the point where you decide, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I want to live somewhere else. I want to work somewhere else. Yeah, Nothing right. personal, right. but it is personal to me. I want to be closer to home. I don't want to be out there. When you pull up his Twitter page, I think at the top, the pictures, are, you know, he's got a little child somewhere. Probably, probably wants to be closer to that child. Sure, sure. that child's not in California with him. But it's, so, a, it's a uh, real thing, right? Yeah, that, and that, that's, but that's, that's something that hadn't been mentioned in all of this because it's been about his contract. He's due to make roughly $4 million this year. Obviously, he deserves a lot more than that. And his usage, is he frustrated with the fact that they've made him into this two-headed monster receiver running back. He's going to get banged up. You saw him last year many times where he was like a pro wrestler trying to get off the mat and keep going, right. and he always did. Does he want to be used that way? That's another factor in all of this as well. But the angle of not wanting to live in California, not just because of the backlash. He got, yeah. I think it's more than – it could be more than that. It's a long uh, right. way from home. Yes. And maybe that has something to do with it. I, and there's I, the yeah. – there, there's the – he liked this photo yesterday of him in a 40 – in a Cowboys, excuse me, uniform, but he has unliked it. So I, I get the feeling somebody's told him – 
we got to back off a little bit with the public display here if we're going to finesse this the way we need to with the 49ers. I, I would think so. You know, I mean, and I want to get to that. What, one thing I, I, I want to say, because just to piggyback off of what we were talking a little bit, you know, one, it, it is a real thing for some players to get back close to where their home is and be, you know, be in a spot that's very accessible for the rest of their family. You know, whether you do have young kids or you just have a big family, a lot of these guys in the NFL, I know everybody thinks they're stars and everything like that, but it's a lot of them are very simple human beings who just want to be around friends and family. And that is it. And they're mama's boy and they don't want to be far from mama. And I'm saying that because I'm a mama's boy. It was, it's never easy. You know, so there, there is that aspect and there's a lot of players that are like that in the NFL. They'd like to just – I grew up here. I'd like to keep things simple and be around there. That's where my family is. So that's real. Yeah. The, 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 Mama prefers her grass being green, though. She's happy that you have your own place now and you're not peeing off her. <laughs> Mama, Mama's definitely happy about that. Yeah. No doubt about that. No kicking mulch in the pool or any of that. But, <laughs> but the, the, the other thing you know, that I was led to believe, digging around to, is the money is – it's not the thing. It's not the money. I, I was led to believe that the 49ers are willing to get in the ballpark there with the Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams contract. That was the sense I got. So it is not that. And that's where, you know, it is interesting, Mike. And then, you know, yeah, to your point with the whole being delicate about it, I, w- I would be delicate about it, certainly. I mean, you just talked about Robbie Gold. We're talking about the 49ers and Kyle Shannon. One, I know the guy, and I'm going to tell you he's stubborn. He is. That's why he's very good at his job. Two, though, the other thing is we're, they have a quarterback on the roster that we know they don't want for two years, and they still haven't got what they want for him, and they're not going to trade him. And there, it looks like they're willing to go and bite the bullet. and go. So if you don't think Shanahan and Lynch are willing to play hardball here and – you know, not try to at least make this work. And if it doesn't work, they're not just going to give them away for free. You're crazy. So that's where, yeah, I would be careful if I'm Debo Samuel uh, with, with this situation. And then the question becomes, what does he do if they say we're just not trading you? They yeah. have been silent publicly. That doesn't mean they're inclined to try to trade him. It doesn't mean they're not inclined. They're just not saying what they're doing. But given their recent history, we have to assume that they're not going to fall into line like the Packers did in trading Devontae Adams, like the Chiefs did in trading Tyree Kill. Those other moves create an expectation that this player empowerment era of the NFL, where players, number one, can say, I want out of where I am, and they get that, and then they can say, this is where I want to go, and they get that, it creates an expectation that other players with other teams are going to be able to do the same thing. And that's where we have to all take a step back and say, each one of these teams is different. Yeah. And just because the Packers let Devontae Adams go play for the Raiders, and he always wanted to play for the Raiders, and just because the Chiefs let Tyreek Hill go to Miami and he wanted to get home, that doesn't mean everybody's going to get what he wants. So it may not be... Chris, yeah, that that Debo Samuel saw Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill get all that money. He just presumes he's getting that money, and he will. What he may have seen was they got to go where they want to be. Right. I don't want to be where I am. These guys got to go where they want to be. I want that. How do I get that? And that's nothing the 49ers can give him to fix it. They just have to talk him into dealing with it, and that's going to be where the challenge arises. There's nothing they can do to harmonize their desire to keep him 
with his desire to live somewhere else. Yeah, no, you're right. That's good. That's really kind of a, a no-win situation. All you can do is kind of massage it and hope you can soothe it over to a degree. Um, but You know yeah. it's smooth, not soothe. You do know that, right? Smooth, soothe, whatever. You said it the last first time I let it go, even though I knew I was going to get 10 emails from people saying right. there's a new Simsism. Right. I let it go that time. I just want to do it now because I don't want my email box to be flooded, and Fine. it will be, yes. with the fact that I let you get away with a Simsism. Well, it really is. I, I'm going to keep saying it that way, so everybody <laughs> can just back off. Right? But <laughs> it's not going to stop. It just seems too natural to come out that way. But... Uh, I, you know, you raised good points, I think. Yes. How can you not where he is? Devon, I mean, you look at Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill. If you're not happy, go, well, why? Why can't I do that? Why can't I make that play? There is a difference, though, to me in a little bit with the situations. Mahomes, Rodgers, established. It's not that way. 49ers, it's Trey Lance like we talked about yesterday. And it's like, wait, we got a quarterback that – we just drafted. We want him to look good, and you were the number one reason he was going to look good. It was you and George Kittle. So now we're going to lose you. That's going to make life a little, inter- you know, a little tough. And then add on top of that, Hill and Devonte Adams, you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're still at the top of the peak of players or whatever. Maybe on the slight downslope, right? I'm not trying to be disrespectful. The 49ers and Shanahan, they could be looking at it, going, "Wait, we drafted you." You know, you had a good rookie year. Second year, you got banged up. Third year, you finally exploded and got to exactly what we think you were and always were going to be as a player. And now to go, well, we're not even going to get the benefit from that, from that great second-round pick we made and all that. Now we're going to lose them. That's another, I think, aspect that makes it different than the two that you brought up, Mike. You know, that aspect, the Trey Lance aspect, and that, to me, will make it harder for Debo Samuel to get to go wherever he wants. On that second point, that was something Miles Simmons and I were talking about yesterday on PFTPM. The idea is you get the unscratched lottery tickets in the draft, you scratch them off and develop them into jackpots, you keep them around for a while, you don't flip them for more lottery tickets. That was what the Raiders did with Khalil Mack. The difference with the Chiefs and the Packers, as to Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams respectively, they had them for a while. Exactly. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl with Tyree Kill. They cashed in right. on their lottery ticket with right. Tyree Kill. There's a difference. Eight years with Devontae Adams. They yes. got high-level performance even if they didn't get to a Super Bowl. This is a guy who is on the front end of his prime. Yes. You don't take the guy that you that you got three years ago in round two after others had passed on him, including the Patriots with Nikhil Harry, when Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf were all on the board. How stupid that looks in hindsight. You don't get rid of that guy after only three seasons, especially after the one season where he exploded with an unprecedented 1,400-plus receiving yards, 300-plus rushing yards, something no one had ever done before. And you've got this guy who's the most potent player on your team. And to your other point... He's going to make Trey Lance look a hell of a lot better. Right. I mean, they still don't know. Nobody knows what Trey Lance is going to be as a week-in and week-out starter because he hasn't been yet. makes it a little easier to be who you're going to be, the best version of who you need to be if you've got Debo Samuel. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% spot on. And, Mike, also the leadership factor. Debo can be that guy to kind of – you know, be the middleman to be the leader before Trey Lance can finally take it over. He's one of those guys on the team. And then this is where it brings us to the most interesting part of the conversation, in my opinion, right here, because we saw what it took to get Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams. It's going to take more than that to get Debo Samuel. 
for the reasons you stated. First off, Debo Samuel, as we discussed, and you know this, and I think you're close to me. I mean, I, he's best receiver in football. There's nobody better. This is my cup of tea is these type of guys. So I know not everybody sees it that way. But, you know, best best weapon in football, receiver, whatever the hell you want to call him. And like you said, just starting the prime of his career. And that's where it's different to me than the other two guys. And that's where I would think if there's teams out there, you know, the Jets who we know were interested in Tyree Kill and, of course, Mike LaFleur who came from the 49ers and Sala, they know what this guy's all about. I would think whatever they wanted to give to Tyree Kill, I would think Lynch and Shanahan are going to go, ah, nah, this guy's in the prime. Tyreek's kind of on the way down. You're going to have to give us more than that. And that's where I'm be really interested to see what the price tag would be to get Debo through the trade. The issue of how he's used has come up as a potential source of frustration. And look, what it does, it takes more tread off the tire. It shortens your career if they start using you as a running back. Yeah. We we tried to harmonize a few weeks back the idea that you've got these veteran receivers making a ton of money, even though there are plenty of great receivers entering the league every year, like there are great running backs entering the league every year. Why are these receivers getting huge money? They can play longer because they don't get banged around. They're That's not right. in the car crashes right. that the running backs are. Here's Debo Samuel. All of a sudden, they make him into receiver plus car crash running back. And that was something that we delved into with him at the Super Bowl. And, you know, it wasn't like his idea to be a running back. He said Kyle Shanahan came to him right. with, the, hey, you know, we may give you a, the ball a few times this week. What's he going to say? No. And, uh, you know, receivers always want the ball in their hands, however they can get it in their hands. But this wasn't jet sweep, zip around the end, right. and run to daylight and then get out of bounds. This is Debo Samuel, rock'em, sock'em robots, throwing himself around, imposing his will. He explained to us the, his playing style. They're going to hit me. I'm going to go ahead and hit them first. I'm going to deliver that blow before they deliver it to me. So that's a guy that's going to get banged up. And look look at how the rushing attempts changed yeah. later in his career. And specifically mid-season on, yeah. he really started getting involved more and more in the running game to the point where Kyle Shanahan trusted him. If, if Debo Samuel said to Kyle, give me the ball, Kyle's listening because he knows that that guy's got a determination – He's got an attitude, and he's got a way that's going to turn that into a positive. They leaned on him a lot, and th that's what makes this so stunning. This is a guy who became the centerpiece of the offense last year. I know. An all-pro receiver, one of the very best in the league, and it looked like he was hand-in-glove with Kyle Shanahan for him to be the one. I mean, if we would have listed all the great receivers in the NFL before this offseason started and said which one is going to be the one to go public with a trade request, he would have been the last one we would have picked. No doubt. No question. I, I mean, I thought for sure that you know this was one that was going to be kind of you know easy-peasy, really. We talked about, yeah, he should want a new contract. The 49ers like him. It'll get worked out. It just makes too much sense. I don't know. It's, it's, that's where it's crazy with this one. You know, the other ones we could make sense of a little bit. And once you got an inkling of a few things, okay, wait, we figure out a few things with Devontae Adams. Oh, okay, I understand that. Derek Carr is a Raiders fan. Doesn't know what the hell Rodgers going to do. Might retire next year. All right, it makes sense. Out of here. Tyree Kill. Yeah, Kansas City doesn't want to pay that type of money. Blah, 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 all that. All right, we can understand that. Tyreek Hill's from Miami. The Debo one's tough. It's, it's, it's hard to, to pin down the reasoning here. And, yeah, I don't know if the, the running back stuff got into it as well. 
I don't know. It just seems like there's there's some other things here life-wise that are at play that no one wants to talk about yet. That's just the feeling I get. And, yeah, I, I just I, I don't know what it's going to take to get Debo Samuel. Shanahan, I would think, is going to try to buy time just from his history to soothe things over and see if he can talk to the agent and Debo and try to make it work work. So the, that, that I, I could see them buying some time there. And then, you know, as far as, like I said, the importance to him, the player, the importance to the 49ers, I would think it's going to take a boatload to get Debo Samuel off the 49ers football team. I would. And then the other aspect, Mike, is some seats are filled up. You know, hey, yeah, I mean, you know, how many teams are going to, that are out there are going to be really in the spot of we're so desperate right now, you know, this far into free agency and this close to the draft that we're willing to shake up the whole roster and the room and everything right now to get Debo Samuel because some of the chairs have been filled like we've discussed in the past. And the budget's been spent. Exactly. That's part of it too. Yes, exactly. You've got the cap to think about and you've got, separate and apart from the cap, we rarely talk about the budget. Every year, the team sets a spending 100%. budget that is influenced by the cap, but still, it doesn't matter what the cap is. What matters is how many dollars are you authorized to spend this year? And you've got now more than a month into free agency, a lot of the teams have spent their authorized dollars. They can't just go grab you know, $50 million to give this guy as a signing bonus or anyone at this point. The strategy has played out. Debo Samuel was not on anyone's radar screen. This isn't like the Raiders knew going in. Yes, you know, exactly. We got, we got a chance to we get Devontae Adams right. here. We're right. going to lay back and wait. Right. And it happened fairly quickly after the league year began. We are five weeks into the league year, which is an eternity. And now all of a sudden, here's Debo Samuel. You know, Chris, there's another angle to this, too. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to do a little pop-up draft. We're going to do the show way out of order today. We're going to draft the Debo Samuel destinations for 2022. Whoa. This segment. Whoa. This segment, Look at baby. This. We're Matt not messing Casey around comes today. comes in to produce the show, and he just changes stuff up. Okay. All right. Here we go. But. <laughs> but, okay, the first team I thought of was the New York Jets. And if it's not a usage issue, the Jets make sense because they would probably use them the same way the 49ers did because you got a lot of DNA from the 49ers coaching staff on the New York Jets, starting with Robert Sala, the head coach, starting with Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator. So they may use him the exact same way if they would get him, but they already had the wallet out and open to get Tyreek Hill. Yes. They were ready to trade for Tyreek right. Hill. They were the finalists that did not get Tyree Kill. So they're the first one I think of. But here's something to think about as we sit one week away from the draft. Yeah. If you are the 49ers. Right. And we, we won't know this until it happens. What you don't do right now, if you're the 49ers, you don't trade him to the Jets right now for the 10th overall pick in the draft. Here's why. Because once you acquire that pick, everybody behind you knows you have that pick. And they can start plotting. If, if they want a receiver that they think the 49ers would take in that spot or whoever they think the 49ers would take, they start playing the guessing game and they try to jump the 49ers. It changes the dynamics of the top 10 because now you've got a different team with different needs, with different objectives, with different team structure there. There's no reason to acquire that pick before it's on the clock, this close to the draft. So my point is... Everything may go completely quiet. Yeah. And we may hear absolutely nothing at all. Yes. Until the Jets are on the clock and the commissioner walks out, gets booed, 
tells the world that there's been a trade. The 49ers now have the 10th overall pick in the draft, and then we find out in the aftermath of that that they've traded Debo Samuel to the Jets. That's the smart way to do it if you're the 49ers. You do not want whatever pick you would get in round one of this year's draft from whichever team, you do not want that pick until that pick is on the clock. Yeah, it does make sense. It does. I mean, you're right, especially if you get to that point and then you have some players that you have pinned or picked out to where you go – oh, wait, these one or two guys, we really love them, and we believe that at least one, maybe both, will be there at 10, then you do want to keep it quiet. Now, the other side of the story is you might just want to get it done, get it over with, so you can use the draft to really address and really know what you're going to do, and also just get the 10th pick and go, you know, who knows? Maybe they might go, we're open for business, and you can flip it around for another first-round pick or something like that if they deem it, wait, we don't really have anybody at 10 that fits what we need on our team. It can go a lot of different ways here. There's no doubt. Uh, and, and your way, I'm, I'm not saying wrong, Mike. I'm just we're, so clo- we're so close yeah, now to the right, draft. Right. They can do the deal with the Jets. Yeah. They can trust Robert Sala. And Michael LaFleur to right. keep their mouths shut about it. Right. And they can say, they can do the Belichick thing. Hey, if this comes out, we're just not doing it. If this comes sure. out, if it gets sure. out, we're just yeah. not doing it. Right. And, and you know, people will say, well, wait a minute. Last year they traded up to number three a month before the draft, but they already knew who the first two picks exactly. were. Exactly. They knew they were getting their selection of the board after Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Right. Oh, and if one of those two guys was available, they would gladly take them instead. So they were basically stepping into a spot where they weren't going to be jumped for someone they would have taken with number three. They're not going to get that guarantee at number 10 if they would do a deal with the Jets. No, they, they definitely would not. You're right. So that's where they're, they're going to have to figure it out. I, I mean, this is a – this is – you know, we know this is a big thing. But where it's a big thing really inside of a building too is, yes, I would think Shanahan and Lynch are all of a sudden like, whoa, wait, we didn't – we didn't even think of a contingency plan that this was going to happen. And now that can change with your thought process and what you're going to do in the draft to where you might not have evaluated certain positions as, you know, as highly or scrutinized every guy the same way because you go, hey, we're good at that position. I'm not worried about, like, those top few guys because, you know, we're looking for down-the-line guys here. I got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, right? You know, so now where you start to go, oh, no, we got to get back and, like, we might have to look at some of the hey, top receivers just in like the draft. like 2017. Exactly. Remember 2017? Yeah. Didn't look at Patrick Mahomes. Didn't look at Deshaun Watson. Why? Well, we're getting Kirk Cousins next year. Unless we don't. So Exactly. So now, yes, that, that's the boat they could be in here, too, is where you're a little bit like, whoa, we got to figure out our new plan of attack here in case this happens or that happens. And, you know, there's just so many different scenarios, and I think we've laid out a few of them. That, that's going to change the 49ers' approach here and, and how they think about the draft as well. Let's take a look at the points bet odds mm-hmm. as to the teams that are among the betting favorites to get Debo Samuel. The Jets at the top, plus 300, 3-1. Three to one. Then you've got three teams at 4-1, to one, Packers, Saints, and Eagles. Colts, 5-1. to one. Chiefs, 6-1. to one. They stand out to me as a pretty good bet, I think. I think they're, more li- they're far more likely than the Packers to do this. I don't know why the Packers keep showing up as the favorites to do this. This is not in the Packers' DNA to do this. They would have kept Devontae Adams. Oh, but they would have paid him more than the Raiders. Get out of here with that. They could have paid him back in November or December if they really wanted to keep him. That is face-saving, fan-placating BS that they would have paid 
Devontae Adams more than the Raiders once the gun was to their head and he wanted to leave. They surely knew he wanted to leave and they were going to get him to leave or let him leave when they offered that so they could say, we tried, we tried, don't get mad at us. We tried. Hey, Aaron, we tried. You waited too long. I don't see them giving up major resources. And why would the 49ers trade Debo Samuel to the Green Bay Packers? Uh, That's right. It's, you know... Definitely. I mean, again, that's still the, the rival or the, the team they're going to look at to go, wait, it's one of the few teams in the, in the conference that we look at that could knock us off our perch of being one of the best teams in the NFC. So, yeah, I, there's no way. I mean, there's no way Debo gets traded to Green Bay. Green Bay doesn't do that for one. And then, like, if you're going to trade him to Green Bay and you're the 49ers, that's an extra price. I mean, it's almost like an extra first rounder you got to throw in the top. You're gonna, we're going to give him to you, our rival, a team we might see in the playoffs. you got to throw in, like, extra pick than compared to everybody else. I mean, that's what that would be. So the rest of these teams are interesting, certainly. I think, you know, uh, I, I look at, like, the Jets as being the leader for sure. The Eagles, I, they got the picks. They can make the move. If they wanted to, I mean, it certainly would fit. Jalen Hurts, running quarterback. I mean, they can almost get into the Trey Lance offense and do all that already right now. So I know we, we have a draft, draft. coming Let's up. Do I don't want to give it up, Let's but it's going to be interesting. Let's, Let's do, do our do draft. It. Yeah. Interesting comment, though, yesterday from Howie Roseman about the Eagles. He was asked about this trend toward paying receivers big money because, obviously, if you would trade for Debo Samuel, that's what you have to do. Yeah. And he said something along the lines of – if you start going along with what everyone else is doing, you end up being a middle-of-the-pack team. The challenge is finding your own path and your own way. And it made me think they're not going to be in for Debo Samuel. So, uh, or, it's, or it's all a misdirection. But it was, a, it was an intriguing way of phrasing it. The idea that once you start following what everyone else is doing, you are asking to be 9-8 and eight or 8-9. Eight and nine. You have to find your way of doing right. things that's different from what everyone else is doing. All right, so let's do our draft. I'll go ahead. You take the first pick as to the potential Debo Samuel destinations. Next team for which he takes a snap. Next team, any of the 32 teams, you're up first. Well, I'm going to go with the Jets first. I, I am. I mean, that, that, it's just too obvious. I mean, for the, the reasons we've already discussed, I mean, the Tyree kill, the interest there, everything we heard, they were willing to do just what Miami did basically to get him. Now you got, whoa, Debo Samuel. You know, it's the same guy, except you have really more inside knowledge. And, of course, Debo's younger. So the Jets, uh, that, that for sure makes sense. I feel, I feel like it's not even fair for me to take them first, but I'll take it. All right, I'm going to, and you're not going to like this, but again, I phrased it this way just for this purpose, and I'm surprised they're not listed on the board. But the next team he takes a snap for, I believe, under these unique circumstances, is going to be the 49ers. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to do and say whatever he has to say and do to get Debo Samuel to stay put for at least one more year. So I think he plays for the 49ers this year, even though he's asked to be traded. Okay. All right. That's a good one. Killer of fun with the draft there and sticking with the 49ers, but that's okay. We'll deal with it. I, I, I hear you there. I think that is not, I don't look at that as being like out of the realm of possibilities, at least from what I know as of yet, you know, we knew that these, they, they loved each other at some point here, not so far in the, the recent past. And then Shanahan's ability to talk people off a ledge. I, I, I'm, I don't think you're crazy for that. Um, next one I will go to here is I, I, I'm going to go with the Colts. 
Colts team looking like, uh, I don't know if Chris Ballard would make this type of move, but they are in need, I think, of a big-time like offensive weapon, somebody else, somebody else that scares you. You know, they got a lot of good. We know that they got an awesome running back. You couple this guy, you know, along with Jonathan Taylor, and then yes, Michael Pittman Jr. and all that. That would be a hell of an offense. It would certainly improve their team. The the Colts really could use the help when you they look could. at who they have at receiver, and that would be something. You match him up with Matt Ryan. And the defense that they're trying to improve, right. and they've added Stephon Gilmore, and they've got the former 49er teammate DeForest Buckner on the defensive line, even though they only crossed paths for maybe one year. If that was a one year, yeah, it was 2019. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Next one for me, hmm. I, hmm. I, I'll, hmm. There's like some teams I'll go that with, you, like, you look at it and you go, they have – a need, but I don't know if they can do it. They have so many holes, and they're like, it, it's it's an interesting process here. How, how about this? How yeah. about this? Yeah. Because I'm thinking, do you have an asset that you can trade back to the 49ers mm. that can help fill the void? I don't know how Juju Smith-Schuster or Marquez Valdez-Scantling would feel about being traded on the way in the door with the Chiefs. But I kind of like the idea of the Chiefs saying, hang on a second, hang on, hang on. We added these two guys. Hang on. Let's – we yeah, yeah, Debo Samuel, Juju, we can get Debo. And maybe, maybe Juju Smith-Schuster can be talked into embracing the opportunity to play for the 49ers, and that would be a way for them to just add someone who – it's not that you're going to have – Juju Smith-Schuster taking handoffs between the tackles, but it's kind of that same mentality. You know, the underneath, hard-nosed, get him the ball, let him do things. I feel like the Chiefs, so much more than the Packers. Yes. Even though they've both done the same thing, I feel like the Chiefs would be tempted to do something with Debo Samuel because they're getting him year four. And because I, I think that the Chiefs had reached their lifetime limit of dealing with Tyreek Hill after seven seasons together. It was time to take the picks and avoid spending the money. I think they'd be more inclined to spend the money on Debo Samuel. So I'll go Chiefs. I I, I like that pick. I, it was going to be my next pick. It was. I mean, let alone. I mean, what, what, am I wrong? The Chiefs have four first round picks over the next two years, right? Or is am I wrong? Is it four or is it three? Three first round picks and. You know, three second-round picks maybe? I, I got to look it up. I'm sorry I should have done that. But they got a lot of picks to play with, too. Forget the players. They have done business before, too, with D. Ford getting traded, you know, uh, to the 49ers when, when, when Shanahan got there and everything. Two ones, two twos, two threes this year. Okay. so They got the ammunition. They got the ammunition to do it. There's no question. And I'm with you in the fact that, I, you know, yeah, it's a player that's young, right? He's not by age 30. So it's the second contract thing and how Kansas City does things. It fits everything, let alone he's one of those players that you just – it makes sense in Kansas City. What? He's got three rockets up his ass and he can fly around the field? Well, sounds like a Kansas City guy to me. So I hear you there all the way. Um, next one I'll go to is the Bears. Like, the Bears. Are they, you know, we, we discussed this, what, two days ago? Are they going to do something to help Justin Fields out? And this would be the kind of guy that would help him out. You know, again, it's the movement quarterback. That's where 
you know, he can be so special. Quarterback can run this way and fake it to him. Quarterback can run this way and fake to somebody else. Oh, there's Debo over the middle. Boom, he hits it. Hair's on fire, and he's flying around the field. That's where they, he can give you an issue with a mobile quarterback. So Bears are a team that needs it, and I could uh, – I mean, it would make sense. Okay, next one for me, and they're not on the board either. I've taken two of my three picks that aren't on the points bet odds sheet. If there's something to this idea of not wanting to be in California and he's from South Carolina, I know the Panthers are kind of set at the receiver position, but again, you could send someone to the 49ers out of your receiver room and bring Debo Samuel to Charlotte, get him close to home. That may be what he wants for all we know. So I'm going to put the Panthers on here to the extent to the extent now they don't they don't have a second or third round draft pick this year so they so they would have to put in and I'm looking at DJ Moore's contract well yeah or Robbie Anderson somebody DJ like Moore that. Robbie Anderson yeah. they can do that maybe uh, they maybe they Darnold. get maybe they get Jimmy Garoppolo and and take part and of the contract on or something I don't know I mean yeah what I mean, what what would Kyle think about seriously Sam Darnold for one year as the backup slash maybe starter if Trey Lance gets injured instead of having Jimmy Garoppolo around, what would you think about that? I you know I I don't know you know I I don't know exactly what what Kyle's thoughts are of uh, Sam Darnold. I I can tell you just from you know last year there was some rumors about Sam Darnold to the Forty ers when Salah got to the New York Jets. So that to me says a little something there, and Sam Darnold. You know, I, I think you've heard this, but again, I know last year didn't help him. But before last year, a lot of people still looked at Sam Darnold, you know, like you've discussed in, a few weeks ago. It just was the horrible situation he got put in, and it just wasn't easy. He was still viewed as kind of a talented guy. Um, I do think his high-end talent is definitely better than Jimmy Garoppolo's. I, I do, but yeah, I don't know how Shanahan would feel about that. I really don't. Okay, so so let's do this trade to the Carolina Panthers for Debo Samuel. It would be Debo plus Jimmy Garoppolo to the Panthers for Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore plus Sam Darnold and picks from the Carolina Panthers. Hey, That's some, what it would be. If it's something Let's like do it. that. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Hey, you know, that, that uh, Carolina was on my list for sure. Atlanta's a team that would be on my list. That would have probably been my next pick because it's not that's far a, down that's the road. That's a good one. Right? And they have no receiver. And I go, well, damn, Arthur Smith just came from Tennessee and had A.J. Brown. This is this is A.J. Brown. There's the same type of guy, except I would say Debo's slightly better. So, you know, that that's where Atlanta, I could see that being a, a factor, too. Really, a lot of the NFC South teams I could see being a factor. And he could play quarterback for the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I mean, I mean that, that's got to be a factor in this, too. Look, again, I don't know what his wish list is. If it's location and nothing else, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. But I'd like to think that there's a sweet spot of close to home, opportunity to win. We saw how devastated he was after the NFC championship loss to the Rams. This is a guy who wants to win. He wants to compete. So I think he's going to be attracted to a situation where the quarterback is good enough to help him be as good as he can be from a team standpoint. But, you know, the money's going to be part of it too. There's a lot of factors that go into this too. I think there's a lot of factors that cause him to not want to be with the 49ers. And there's going to be a lot of factors that attract him to his next team. But again, we're now conditioned to believe 
that players can ask out of where they are and land where they want to be. And it may not be that simple. No matter how good you are, not every team is going to acquiesce to that kind of an effort. No, I, I think that's the thing here that we are. It's a different time here. It came out of nowhere. We're close to the draft. You said it. Money's been spent already. You know, there's a lot of chairs that have been filled already. They got a guy that, yes, this is rare in the fact that he's just hitting his prime here and we're in this situation. I mean, it's just like the pinnacle of where he's at. Going to want money. Shanahan and Lynch have put a, you know, they expect and, and expect a lot from the guy. Shanahan drives a hard bargain. He's not going to let this kind of blue chip asset just go out the door easily. So you said it right. There's a lot of things that go into this. And that's why I think your pick of going 49ers, who we take a snap with next year, is still very real because of all those things we just mentioned. Yeah, and uh, there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done. Not that Kyle Shanahan doesn't have other things to worry about. It's the draft approaches. Now he's got to deal with how to get Debo Samuel back to the point where he's willing to stick around with the team. But I, I cannot rule out the 49ers finding a way to fix this because they have every reason to come up with a way to keep Debo Samuel around. And now, look, here we are. Again, a week before the draft, this is something that becomes the top story in the NFL, the top thing to monitor. Forget about Kyler Murray. Forget about anything else. We maybe Baker Mayfield, we're going to talk about him coming up. What happens with Debo Samuel? What the 49ers say about it? I don't know what their schedule is for pre-draft press conferences, but this is the season of coaches and or general managers meeting with reporters, and I don't think John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan have done that yet. Could be something that happens in the next couple of days. We, we, I feel like we got to hear something from the 49ers at some point. You can't leave your fans hanging and hanging. You got to say something to fill that void from your perspective, even if it is a meaningless paragraph, word salad of how much we love Debo Samuel and, you know, we want him to stay here for the rest of his career, yada, yada, yada. And they don't comment on whether or not they're going to trade him. They don't comment on anything, but they just say something to fill the vacuum. Well, yeah, maybe. But then maybe they're afraid of, you know, the uh, Florio stupid headline thing, but then they won't mess with it. <laughs> Sorry. Don't say something stupid and you won't get a stupid headline. Headline. I'm just having fun with you. I know. Uh, I hear you. At annoying. Some point, it's an annoying say, headline. <laughs> annoying. Not stupid. Sorry. Annoying. Sorry. Annoying. Four years going to write some annoying headline. Uh, but yeah, I, I would think at some point here they they got to address it to to soothe soothe or smooth things over. Either way, either way. I have a feeling Kyle enjoyed the 420 holiday yesterday by necessity, not by desire. Uh, right, yesterday was the out. perfect day. Yesterday was the perfect day to get some legal in California <laughs> relaxation techniques at your local dispensary. Let's go ahead and take a break. Kevin Stefanski, a coach who's got quarterback issues of a different variety, talked yesterday about the guy who arrived and the guy who's leaving, unless he isn't leaving. We'll discuss that next when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines you got traded for your what did you know about the organization 
excited level? Uh, I think <laughs> I think the most I knew about the organization was uh, what's that movie? Draft day. Draft day. Yeah. Oh boy. Whoa. Hey, Amari Cooper. Wait, if, he might know who you, you are. Know, if all you know about the Browns is the movie Draft Day, why in the world did you show up? Oh, ba- oh, look at that. Look at there he uh, is. Look at yeah. you. You and Sam. Oh, who is that? Uh, Jeff Darlington. Uh, Jeff Darlington. Look Jeff at Darlington. That. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Wow. I had no idea. Oh we my god! Look out of at here. that. That is great. Look at yeah. this movie star here. Hey, can yeah. we play that one more? Oh, wasted. Hey, wait, man, you got your own IMBD page or whatever the hell they're called of my life. You wow. know what? It's a good thing I'm not in studio because I would go straight to the control room and kick someone's ass right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, get well, get you, get your ass up here, and then well, you can go in the studio. I'll go All in right. with you. Come on, you. All right. Big chicken. Uh, okay, let's get to. Uh, I want to see the clip. I've, I've been, I want to see the clip. Look at these. Morning, Joe. Wow, you are Rich Eisen show. I had no idea. Look at this. You are. I have, a star. I've never seen this before. Man, football night. I America. Never seen this weekend before. Weekend today. today. Dan wow. Patrick show. Wow, man, you update your uh, your thing here. I a have lot, no. Huh? No, I've never seen this sure, before. Sure, sure. I'm bull telling crap, you. Bull crap. I'm telling flag. you. I'm telling you. I listen. Listen, I don't lie. I may do a lot of things, but I don't lie. I have never seen this before right now. Now I have to pull it up. I'm not going to pay attention to you. I got to go see this. I have no idea where that came from. I, yeah. I had no idea that existed. Yeah, well, when, None you're, whatsoever. when you're a big movie star, I mean, look at that. Look at you over there hanging with Kevin Costner. Right. Oh, a little head bob. Yeah. Look, that looked like snarky Florio there. Like, oh, idiot GM. Idiot GM. Let, let, me you, <laughs> let me tell you a funny story from that day. Let me tell you a funny story from that day. You see Kevin Costner wearing the suit because he played the GM the Browns we, we were talking to him at one point and you don't know what to say to Kevin Costner how do you relate to Kevin Costner so Darlington and I we had a good we had a good time I, I Jeff and I had a fun day other than the fact that that day was a complete waste of my time and that's a different story altogether it, it, Je- Jeff asked him at one point whether or not he brought that suit from home which I, just, I still give Jeff a hard time about that and we didn't know what else to say to the guy like if he didn't say it I was going to say it because we're just trying to make small talk with Kevin Costner how the hell do you make small talk with Kevin Jeff, Costner Jeff's a and great Jeff was dude like, I, I kind of like that suit did you bring that from home that, that's one of the dumber <laughs> comments of all time right there that's one of the dumber ones of all time Jeff, Jeff's an awesome dude but that's one I bet you he wish he could have back. <laughs> How about you but just I'm go, hey, you. I like Field of Dreams. It was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, if he didn't ask that, I was going to ask that too. Because it's like, what do you say to Kevin Costner? Oh, man. Um, all right. Yeah. Here's Amari Cooper not talking about draft day or the fact that the Browns, what, did they, they trade it up to get the number one overall pick and they know, had no idea who they were going to take or something like that? That does like some, sound like something the Browns would have done in past years. Here's Cooper talking about the guy that the Browns traded a lot and paid a lot to get his new quarterback, Deshaun Watson. I was extremely happy. The thing is, uh, there's a huge time difference. Like, I think when it happened here, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't, I don't know the time because I wasn't here, but maybe it was like 2 o'clock or something, and it, and it was like 12 there, so I was kind of asleep. <laughs> and I woke up, um, just saw a whole bunch of text messages and stuff like that. Guys were like, man, you lucky. <laughs> Some of my former teammates, and I was like, what? And then I, I checked social media, the news, and then I found out the information. So uh, it was cool. I was happy about it. That was kind of weird. I'm thinking, you what was lucky? he in Australia? There's a huge time difference. 
He was two hours away. It was t- noon. Wake up. What are you doing, Amari Cooper? But, yeah, I mean, hey, it's great. He gets Deshaun Watson now. He goes from the Cowboys and Dak Prescott to the Browns and Deshaun Watson. It did work out well for him. It definitely did. I mean, and, and you go to a place where you know, like, you're going to be the number one guy, where in the other place it was, like, shifting towards C.D. Lamb as being the number one guy. So that, it is. It's it's a perfect match. The team needed him. I think it's a perfect spot for him, him and Deshaun Watson. Amari Cooper can play, and he can do it all, like we've discussed before. I mean, it, it's it's he's a guy that can be awesome, like really intricate, detailed, perfect routes. He's one of the best route runners in the game. And, you know, he's rare that he has that and then the ability to take a slant 70 yards to the house. They're just, there's not a lot of guys in the league that are like that. So it should be an awesome fit with him and Deshaun Watson there. Charles Robinson from Yahoo made an observation on Twitter that I noticed this morning, and it got me to stop and think. When you consider what the receiver market has become in recent weeks, yeah. are the Browns believing they got one of the best deals ever to acquire that contract? $20 million Cooper was due to make this year, and they've moved some of the money around. But the bottom line is the Cowboys wanted to get rid of a contract that was paying Cooper 20 The Browns got him for a steal because they took on that contract at the time when the Cowboys were going to cut him. I wonder if, in hindsight, the Cowboys are thinking, we should have found a way to make that work. If guys are getting up near $30 million a year at the top of the market, we should have found a way to make it work for one more year at twenty. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't easy to just let him go. I mean, you know, Michael Gallup, right, coming off of an injury, you got him. You know, they lost Cedric Wilson in free agency to where. But, but the Cowboys, I mean, as we discussed at the time, it just a lot of issues with the salary cap, and they got a lot of holes to fill in their team, too. I know they were good last year, but there's still some real issues there. So I, I think it was just one where they 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 couldn't they couldn't swallow it they couldn't deal with this right now, you know. And, and I think that's why they made the move. But you're right, it's some deal now. When the way you look at the current market, wow, it's a steal for the Browns as far as money's concerned. You know, a year ago they had OBJ and Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper, and they've undergone a major surgery on their receiving core. Where do we put their receiving core in relation to others now that they've got? Amari Cooper, they're making the commitment at least short term to David and Joku. They, uh, you know, they. What, what, what do we think? Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be the top option with Amari Cooper. You almost wonder what else they've got up their sleeve. Do they, there's no way they could make a run at Debo Samuel because they gave up too much to get to Sean Watson. But you just wonder what else they may have going on as they try to get the weapons around Deshaun Watson that he needs. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, first few rounds of the draft, I I would think that could be a possibility to to add to the room. You know, Jarvis Landry's still sitting out there like we've talked about. Maybe, did they bring him back? I don't know. You know, the room itself, Njoku has big-time talent and I think is about to jump on the scene as one of the better tight ends in all of football. Donovan's Peoples-Jones, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, he's bigger more of a possession-type receiver, but we saw he, he can stretch a field a little bit. And then they got you know Schwartz who can really fly as well. So even as it stands right now, you don't look at it and go, oh, wow, they're in deep trouble. But, you know, uh, you'd probably like them to add one more guy. They got Jakeem Grant, right? That was nice. I think he'll fit really well, jitterbug, slot, weapon type of guy. But, yeah, I would think they're looking for at least one more guy to round out that room there. Schwartz in Cleveland. Got to be careful. You don't want Schwartz teaching anyone who lives on Cleveland Street any bad words. May the Schwartz uh, be with you. 
No, that's a yeah, that's a different movie altogether from about the same time frame. Yeah. But uh, remember when Ralphie blamed it on Schwartz when he dropped the f bomb when the lug nuts went flying and Schwartz got the crap beat out of him by his mom? I don't. Wait, uh, well, yeah, it was I mean, yes. Schwartz. That was Schwartz. Got that you. was what, what, gotcha. yeah. Ralphie had the soap in his mouth and he he finked on Schwartz and you hear Schwartz say, "What did I do? What did I do?" His mom was beating on him for teaching Ralphie the f word, even though he didn't. He learned it from his father. Something that your child can relate to yes <laughs> no, no doubt and i can relate to because i learned cannot, it from my father your <laughs> child cannot blame knowing the f word on schwartz or anyone else in the neighborhood i learned it from dad oh All i right. know it is, uh, it's, 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 <laughs> you should hear my dad but you should hear big phil with little phil because little phil i do give him the green light to swear a little bit around the house so we could be out in the driveway and my dad's there and he misses a shot and he'll say oh you know s-h-i and my dad i'm like what what don't swear around me philip and then we'll go inside and five minutes later we'll be playing cards and dad will get dealt a bad hand and he'll lay out a oh look at this you know crappy hand and all, all right, that right yeah, 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 <laughs> i know yeah, right. you know, yeah dad good you example setter there <laughs> all right uh kevin stefanski head coach of the team addressing the elephant in the room the lingering presence of Baker Mayfield on the Browns roster at a fully guaranteed salary of $18.8 million. Here's Stefanski meeting with reporters yesterday. Uh, Tony, I'd tell you that's a unique situation. Uh, it's fluid, um, and we'll just continue to work through it uh, as we go uh, each day. Back to Baker for a second. Last week he had some pretty strong comments about feeling disrespected by the team. I was just wondering your reaction to hearing that. I'm not going to get into the specifics of those type of things, Tom. Uh, again, it's a it really is a unique situation, and we'll just work through it. I wouldn't have expected Kevin Stefanski to say anything else. It is unique. They're done with him, yeah. but they're not going to cut him. He goes straight to Pittsburgh. We've been saying that for weeks. I saw yesterday, like, uh, people are starting to wake up to the idea that if he gets cut, he's going straight to Pittsburgh. Of course he's going straight to Pittsburgh if he gets cut. Mitchell Trubisky is their best option right now. He makes a beeline to Pittsburgh if he gets cut. They're going to trade him somewhere, and the question is, where? And I've really gotten the sense in the past few days Baker is recognizing that if he wants to get himself properly situated with a team and properly positioned for a big contract next year, he just kind of got to go along. He can't be a pain in the ass. He can't agitate. Can't show up at Brown's headquarters with a picket sign out front saying, please let me go. So everybody's being high road, say the right thing. Stefanski's not saying anything. They're just trying to work this out. And at this point, we're so close to the draft, Chris. I think we just wait and see who emerges from round one or two with a new quarterback and who doesn't and who doesn't of the teams that need quarterbacks. That becomes the potential Baker Mayfield destination. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it is. It is a unique situation. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. Kevin Stefanski said it right. I mean, it, it's rare to see, you know, the this type of scenario go down the way it did there in Cleveland. So we'll see where it goes. And, you know, we talked about, yeah, there's there's limited seats out there. They are, and, and, you know, Mike, I mean, yeah, the three teams we, we always talk about, the Panthers, Seattle, Pittsburgh, yeah, you, you've always been all over Pittsburgh. I will say this. I, I, I think going to Pittsburgh and doing that, to me, is risky compared to the other two a little bit. Trubisky's got some talent. He really does, and that would be a little scary there. They want to remove the quarterback and all that. Well, Trubisky's going to move better than Baker Mayfield. There's no doubt about that. Trubisky's arm is pretty damn good. I'm, I'm going to say Baker Mayfield's you know, got a stronger arm, but Trubisky's not going to be far off there. You know, so that, that's where 
I think that could be a little dicey. Trubisky's a little more talented than the world gave him credit for with the Bears. And I think other scenarios like in Carolina or Seattle, it'll be kind of more of a, a, a slam dunk thing, I think, as far as him being the guy there. Him or Drew Locke. Locke's got talent. I get it. But there's just a bad perception around him, I think, more than maybe a Trubisky. Isn't it amazing to think, though, that the Seahawks have done, said, not a thing to indicate any inclination to try to get Baker? Maybe the depth chart says everything they would need to say when you've got Drew Locke, Geno Smith, and Jacob Eason. But it just is odd to me that when we know that Baker Mayfield is thinking Seattle, that was what we learned last week in his exclusive sit-down with Mike Period, formerly known as Mike Studd, we know Seattle's on his radar screen. We've yet to see anything tangible to make us think that he's on theirs. I, I know, yeah, nothing. I haven't seen anything. I mean, um, I've heard from you know some people in the league that he is on the radar, you know, but but I don't know that directly from anybody in the Seattle organization. Uh, the fact that he said that obviously he feels that there's something there. I wouldn't think he would just throw it out there. And I think Seattle is one of those teams just going to wait patiently for it all to kind of play out and not not really show their hand in this situation. It really is critical for him as he tries to lay the foundation for a future that will include a $200 million contract where he goes. And and this is a tough balance for him. And I, I think given his history, he has to submit and comply and wait. But you're going to be tempted to try to engineer it to a place where you think, number one, you're going to play. Number two, you're going to play well. Number yep. three, you're going to play well enough to get yourself the contract that you've yet to achieve and there aren't a lot of spots where you think he can walk in and and have that impact and maybe he is warming up to the Panthers you know we as human beings can kind of talk ourselves into anything glass half full versus glass half empty the more I've thought about Baker Mayfield with the Panthers the more I like it even though I thought the Panthers needed a break from the frog kissing phase there is reason to believe that Baker Mayfield is going to be good because he was good for two years yeah he wasn't good for two other years and last year it's easy to attribute his struggles to the injury that he suffered back in week two. Yeah, there's more. There's more belief or tangible evidence, you know, for for in my opinion, for him to work or be successful still than Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater. So that that's for real. There's no doubt about it. He's got a more gifted arm than any of the quarterbacks they've had there. And you know, Mike, we've discussed Carolina. Carolina is one of those places. Again, I don't know if they're going to be able to win consistently and beat ten and seven or anything like that. But there is talent, and it is a spot where you can go. And, you know, Ben McAdoo, he's not the worst offensive coordinator in the world. He's been around the block a little bit. He's been a part of some good offenses. And then you talk about the weapons. So we just talked about it with the 49ers and all that. You can be in a spot there and go, wait. You know, oh, I could throw to McCaffrey out of the backfield. DJ Moore, like you talked about. Robbie Anderson, the second-round pick out of LSU last year, the wide receiver who I'm blanking on the name, who showed a little promise. Uh, uh, Marshall, Terrence Marshall. I, I'm, I'm trying to call it up. Terrence Marshall. Terrence, Terrence Marshall, Marshall, exactly right. So there's some guys there to where you go, hey, I don't know if we're going to win a whole lot of games, but I might be able to go here and show the league a little bit that what I got and show my talents and we can be an explosive offense. That's what would be intriguing to me. Yeah, I, I uh, well, I. It's not the worst, is what we're saying. It's not the worst, yeah. but I also think, and and when when this first kicked up over the weekend, I started poking around, and someone told me they don't like any of these quarterbacks. I still think they may be up to something from the standpoint of trading out of the sixth spot if they can, right? Getting down into the teens 
and maybe seeing if they can grab a guy there. Pick up some extra assets by fading back. Don't take a guy in the top 10 in a year when no one is pegging these guys as top 10 talent. If you can get him later, then you can. But wait until after round one, see how it plays out, and then pivot to Baker Mayfield. Because the report was that, and this came from Joe Person, who covers the Panthers for the Athletic, that Mayfield is part of the the plan, but there are others in the mix as well. I don't know who else is there. I just think if they could get a quarterback in the draft in a spot that they feel good about, then maybe they would do that. But, you know, we got to see that play out first, and then maybe they pivot to Mayfield. The problem, though, the risk is if you wait too long, someone else may snatch him if they don't get the quarterback they're thinking about trying to get in the draft. So a market could pop up out of nowhere after the first couple rounds of the draft, and you could be SOL if you're the Panthers and you waited too long to do this. Yeah, it definitely is a delicate situation. You're right. And, you know, and again, I go back into, yes, I wouldn't take a quarterback at six. I, I understand that with the way it looks like and the, the draft and the value of that. And, and, you know, again, we get into the, just the Carolina specifics with Matt Rule. It just, uh, you know, it just Baker Mayfield, you know, compared to these rookies and a year where your butt's going to be on the hot seat and you got to, like, I, I would go with Baker Mayfield. I would. You got just that's a safer pick and would make the most sense for Matt Rule. And I, I got to think that's got to play in this situation as well. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. A lot of people spoke to the media yesterday. We will break out the BS meter as to some of the things that were said. True or not true? We'll take a look at that one. PFT Live. Do you orchestrate your own IMBD page? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 